episode of Rude Cast Archery with your host, Rudy. Alright man, how's it going? Hey Rudy, how you doing bud? Doing good, had a good time today? Yeah. How are you feeling after winning another event? Uh, I'm a, I feel okay. I can still feel bad that you know, we didn't shoot, no, like, no one shot 300s. Yeah, that was a little disappointing. You know, and it, after, like, I don't know, I guess it's a grass is the greener on the other side kind of thing, but it's kind of weird. Like, no one shot 300s, and then, you know, you look at, like, the Washington guys, and it's like, five people shoot 300s. Yeah. And it's not, you know, not putting us down because I know firsthand it was fucking difficult to shoot. I don't know why. I just, you know, I didn't do it. I didn't put the 300 down. So I just, uh, I don't know. It's just weird. It's bittersweet, dude. It's like the coyote shoot. Mm-hmm. Remember, like, we, we did hella good in the shoot offs at the coyote shoot, but leading up to the shoot offs, we all fell short of our goals. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, we, we do these events to get better, right? So, yeah, um, you what know, do you think of these building blocks. Yeah, I mean, we're always we're always setting new um, benchmarks. And but uh, sometimes, you know, we don't we don't always, you know, make, you know, hit our goals. But, you know, if we can show a little bit of improvement, <laughs> You know, yeah. it's all it's all that matters. Um, events, events like today just remind me that progress is not instant and it's not fast. Like, yeah, progress is gradual. And it's. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to compare myself to anybody else. Um, and and I'm not saying anything bad about the guys in Washington, but it could be a totally different it could be a totally different amount of pressure too. Yeah, yeah. You know, true. a different environment. Um. Uh, you know. There's a lot of variable. That's why, like, at least with like, what I kind of like about it about indoor is that, or what I like about Vegas particularly is that it's a level playing field in that environment. You know, there's no better lighting. There's no, you know, everything. Everything is the same for everybody. There's no. There's no like. Yeah. Everyone. You know, I shoot better at this club because the lighting's better, or you know, there's right. like, you know, you know, right. getting it. Yeah. A hundred percent, dude. But I don't think lighting, you know, gains you or extra points. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna prep it. I'm gonna throw that out there. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, it's just crazy. Like I, I know, you know, you throw down three hundred, a couple three hundreds. Alan's throwing down some three hundreds. Austin's throwing down three hundreds. Rubio's throwing down three hundreds. It just, yeah. I mean, so it's. It's disappointing when you shoot a 96, you know, and then you're like, damn, I'm just been shooting 300s. And then, dude, Rudy, I have not missed before today with my practicing, I have not missed a 10 or better in like three days. So when I missed today, I was like, come on, man. Like, what are you doing? It felt like such a minor mistake. Like, I was making such minor mistakes, and I was like, why? It, but it wasn't consistent. Like, some of my minor mistakes were like, all right, they're still going in, you know, they're still catching tens or whatever. But yeah, some of my mistakes they were unident. They were different. They were just different. There were mistakes that came about that I don't normally encounter. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I know it's stupid to do out of money shoot, but I still. 
I'm still like kind of tweaking and trying to perfect my shot. Mm-hmm. And uh, like how you set up, how you set up your shot, how I set up my shot and how I'm working my release, you know, like, like I threw my back out last week and I was out of the shot for like five days. Yeah. So I yeah. kind of lost all my strength. And so the shot that I was doing, you know, prior, like a backup shot, the one that I was feeling really good with, you know, when, you know, we were practicing and, um, I kind of threw that one, that one kind of, I, I know, I know how to do that shot, but I just wasn't strong enough to do that shot right now. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to get my strength back, yeah. um, from my injury, but, um, you know, so on Thursday, I, I tried something a little different, um, which felt good, but like, you know, you know, three days before an event, four days before an event, it's not enough time to really get it down, you know, but yeah, it's a gamble. It is. And, but I liked the way it felt. So, I mean, you know, it, it, it is, it is. But, um, before we get like too deep into the show here, I just wanted to say, um, I give a big thanks to West coast archery first um for helping out with the podcast um and then um a big thank you to like all the listeners for like both like rootcast and archery unfiltered because like um i've had a lot of people actually uh call the shop and you know order things you know order stuff was like small small orders like knocks to as big as sights and arrows um you know, and, uh, they all, and it's, it's all from listeners that have called and said, you know, they wanted to help support the podcast by supporting the shop that I work at. So I really appreciate that. That's awesome. And I even had one, one dude drive from like Nevada to buy a bow. So <laughs> that's so cool, dude. <laughs> yeah. And it was kind of cool. Cause he was like, yeah, I, you know, I listen, you know, I listen to both you guys, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> well dude i know like i know the people that listen to my show are just gonna go buy shit off of ebay or some you know some secondhand bullshit but i'm sure the people that listen to you are and this, they're probably the same people man like seriously <laughs> like all 15 of them <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man but but yeah man like so you know big thank you to um to them so, um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think today I had a, actually had a really good time seeing everybody. It was cool having, yeah, uh, seeing Kevin Wilkie today and yeah, dude, Kevin's always like, you know, I just be honest that like good role model part of, part of like why, like part of, there was like a little bit of like luminous in the air, like for me. Like it was, it was, you know, my first time back in the shop since I had left, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. So a little distracting. Cause you know, obviously like you helped create something and it wasn't in the same state. That when you left it. Exactly. <laughs> it's like missing hubcaps. <laughs> it's kind of, I don't know. I don't know. Have you ever like driven back to like, like, uh, your hometown and like the house you grew oh. up in and you're just like, what the yeah, dude, so my hometown has actually gotten nicer since I've left. Well, yeah, I mean, well. <laughs> I'm always like, oh, man. Well, to like, most people who don't, like, grow up and live in California. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess it could go either way, but. Um, I come from a beach town that's managed to keep 
all the San Franciscans out. <laughs> so they've just gotten nicer and nicer. And I'm just like, oh, man, can I come back? And they're like, no, nope, you're from the Bay Area now. Bye. <laughs> yeah, they don't let your kind in over there anymore. Yeah. Yep. But uh, so our next shoot, man, that's going to be uh, Fresno. And that's going to yeah, be two it, days back to back. Is the first one at the spot or is the first one at um, first one's at the back? spot? And like, I, I guess what I need to do is just like maybe call the spot and be because I haven't seen any flyer or anything like that or registration. So I might just give them a call and be like, hey, what, what's the deal? Mm-hmm. Like, how's this going to go down? So, yeah, because I like I think since it's going to be a two a weekend thing, we need to start figuring out like or people in general, people listening who are going to attend. You know, well, we, so need, first, we need to start actually, figuring out hotels and, and, and uh, you the know. The next event is actually the 450. Am I correct? The state 450. Technically, yes. So I emailed Donnell Scott, um, Donnell Scott from like CBH. And so she was able to add West Coast as a last minute entry for the, the CBH uh, 450. And that's going to, we're going to have it at, um, january 2nd at like i believe 9 a.m and so the way that they're handling the registration is you still you're gonna have to go online and um you're gonna have to go online register there and then you know select you know the location that where you're gonna go which is actually brilliant because like i i had said that that's the way it needed to be handled prior to even like before covid before everyone started you know going online i thought like hey this needs to be the way it goes down because before they used to like People used to mail in checks and like yeah, wait, so nobody ever reads the flyer. The huh? You can register for the 450 online. Yeah, it's the only way you can do it. So the only way you can do it is um, there's a link. There's a link where I think I think it's just a Google sheet, you know, that you fill out. But still, like, so then you know, then they'll send that information to the hosting club, like of you know people who signed up to shoot at that event. Oh, yeah. But like prior to that, like you'd have to send in a check and then it's like when you're the one that's organizing it, you're just like people, people never read the, like the flyer completely and they always make out the check to the shop. And then you're like, no, you're supposed to make it out to CBH. And it's just like, then, then you have to cash their check and then you have to write another check. It's just like when it's just all handled. Yeah. When it's just handled by them, that's like so much better. So. Right. Right. That makes sense. But, but yeah, so we'll have it as a location January 2nd. And then hopefully going forward, like, it'll it'll be, like, a, an annual thing. So we're not, like, now that we're on the, the list, we'll, we'll probably have West Coast as also as a location to shoot it at. I'm going to put that on my calendar right now, January 2nd. Yep. So um, I got a – I actually got a uh, a message on Instagram from somebody – who said that they'd listened to uh, this this young man? Is uh, I can't I'm not I can't say too much about it because he kind of works in a job where like like hunting would probably not be good for his career if they found out like mm-hmm. that he does it. But like this young man um, just started shooting a bow like probably about a year ago, maybe a little more than a year ago. Took uh-huh. a couple lessons and drew a. A, uh, on uh, on his first try, that Grizzly Island elk hunt, the Tule elk hunt on Grizzly Ooh. Island, and and was success and successfully shot um, a really nice bull. So, 
but uh, he sent, so you know that was like a huge, you know, huge accomplishment. And, and he, you know, the he he knows who he is, and like just want to say like really awesome job. But um, he sent a, an email and said he listens to both the podcasts. Really? Or I'm sorry, in a message on Instagram. He said he listens to both podcasts, but like he never like once heard us really talk about. And this is gonna be like a like what our whole entire setup is. He's like, I don't really know like what you shoot. He's like, I know you shoot a Hoyt. He's like, but like, I don't have a breakdown of your equipment. And, and he goes, I know I don't matter. He's like, but like he, he's not in a target yet. And so I think like, he just wants to have an idea of like, of what he's going to buy or, or just like what's involved, like, like head, you know, from top down bow. So like, he just wants to know like, what is it? What, what are you exactly shooting? Like what's on your bow? Or like what's necessary to shoot freestyle? What do you want to go on one of those bow? Well, no, it depends. Go, is, he talking, is he talking indoor or or safari or? He just wants to know what your our current setups are like we like he's heard us talk about certain components, but like he wants to know exactly yeah. like wh- like you know what arrow rest, what sight, uh, All right. et cetera, et cetera. Right. Young buck, uh, hunter. Uh, let's see. I'm shooting, bull, not uh, bull. He's a bull hunter. Bull hunter. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> oh, right. You said, uh, yeah. So my uh, my setup is a TRX 38G2. Um, I'm using 80% let off modules. I have an Axel sight, a shrewd mini mag scope with an eight power Zeiss lens that they don't make anymore. Oh, no, no. This is the shrewd optum. No, not the shrewd optum. I'm sorry. What's that? IR Perfectium. IR Perfectum. IR Perfectum. Yeah, yeah, that's the lens I have. Feather Vision, yeah. Yeah, on a Mini Mag 29. And then I got um, a Shrewd 15 degree down bracket or quick disconnect with a Carbon Craft bar. And then I have a, a Chinese eBay uh, side offset bracket with another Carbon Craft bar. And then I have. Uh, gas bowstrings, but they are not ghost strings. They're just 452X undyed uh, strings. I think which, those are uh, octanes, right? Huh? High octanes? Yeah, called? I think they're called high octane, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, if you're going to call gas, or if you're going to get an order of string, I think it's called a high octane. Really? Okay. Yeah. I could be totally wrong. No, no, I, I think you're right. I don't... I just remember that the ordering process was like... Uh, I, you know, I just sent a guy an email <laughs> and I was like, can I get these made? <laughs> you want to know what the easiest way to do it is? How? You just call me at West Coast and I can get them for you. There you go. That's how you do it. Uh, 60X is also pretty easy. They got a pretty easy website for doing 450. Yeah, but you know. It's not as good as talking to you. And from you, if he calls you, they can also get uh, ABB strings. Yeah, we can do ABBs or we can do... Uh... Gas. gas. Do you guys sell first light also? Um, we're not set up for first light at the moment. Oh, okay, okay. I, we mean to say first string. First, first string, yeah. Um, what else? I shoot a Hamskia peep, uh, the short draw, with a super powerful clarifier, and then I shoot um, uh, what is it? Uh, the Hamskia Trinity drop away, with the hammer arm on it. A la Kevin Wilkie. Uh, got it on the hamster clamp to the middle of the limb. And then I'm using uh, Spectra D Loop 
Bam. Bam. That's top that's top to bottom it. Yeah. It's pretty simple stuff. Uh let's see here. I have I'm shooting the Hoyt Invicta thirty seven with a DZX cam. What you um, let off? Let off is uh seventy five percent right now. Nice. And then Stay I up. have uh ABB uh platinum bowstrings. Uh, Shibuya site with uh, ultra view uh, scope housing. Um, it's currently set up for like world archery, like kind of. Uh, it's in the world archery configuration with a six power lens, like you know, average size dot, not a gigantic mm-hmm. one, but not as small as the one that you have. Uh-huh. Um, I'm shooting a Hamski rest, um, but I do also have a spot hog swap that I often use. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are kind of like two rests that I always have in my tool chest, you know? Um, yeah. And then I shoot a uh, shrewd back bar uh, or side bar adapter. Uh-huh. I don't run a quick disconnect on the front. I just run the stabilizer straight into the bow. Oh, yeah. Um, carbon craft stabilizers and um, a uh, I'm shooting X twenty seven twelves right now. And then oh, for yeah, outdoor, yeah. I will normally be shooting the Easton X ten Pro Tours. Are you planning on getting some more Pro Tours for the um, upcoming Outlaw season? I already got them with, uh, oh, and I also got the uh, the um, tungsten points as well. Oh, going mm-hmm. all out, dude! Yeah, all out, man. Straight up balling, dude. <laughs> Dropping all my hard-earned ducats from West Coast surgery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm so excited for uh, outdoor. Yeah, me too. I mean, I want to get through indoor. Like, I actually, I've actually enjoyed indoor more this season than I think that I have um, any other season. Even though I haven't shot as good this year as I've had in the past. It's been really fun. It's been really jovial. Yeah. You know, I like everyone's attitudes for this indoor season are, are really awesome. I've, uh, I guess like for me, like I haven't, um, I've, uh, I haven't shot as good as I have in the past, but mm-hmm. I've been more objective this year. So like, since I'm like kind of experimenting and, and like using indoor as a, um, you know, as a lab for trying different things, you know, uh-huh. I feel like I'm learning a lot of stuff because, you know, at the end of the day, like all these shoots that we're going to are a lot of fun, but, you know, come the end of the, the new year here, you know, it's pretty much we're in Vegas mode and like, yes. I'm going to be sticking to one thing and I'm not right. going to be, so I don't, I don't view the changes and stuff that I've been making as a mistake. Um, you know, I know you've advised people not to do that. And I've also advised people not to be making changes before an event, but mm-hmm. you know, um, it depends on how you hold that event. Right. You know, like, like yeah, I had what a, regard, what, what regard do you hold the event and, and how you expect yourself to do. Yeah. I mean, and no, and no disrespect, meaning like, I'm not saying that like, it's a throwaway event. It's just that like, at the end of the day, like I'm not at the AB invitational, like knowing like, it's not a big deal. If like 
I changed my stabilizer configuration, my weight ratio to try something different to see how, how it plays out in competition with nerves on the line. Like, yeah, like you're not doing that in Vegas. You're not saying, Hmm, I wonder what will happen on day one. If right. I right. tweak this a little bit, you know, cause like you, you want to, you want to sometimes see how, how your shot reacts under pressure and under nerves. So, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, yeah. So what I'm saying is like, I feel like I've learned a lot and it's been pretty, very, since I've been pretty objective with it. How do you, how do you feel? Cause I know you've changed a ton of stuff going from yeah. like a hinge to a thumb button. Yeah. That happened, uh, I think like a month ago, I've been pretty set on the thumb button. And then from there, I've just been fucking around with arrows a bunch. Yeah. So, I mean, you've been all over the place with arrows. Yeah. Yeah. I, but you know, I signed that gold tip deal. So now, it's going to be a much narrower set of fuck around <laughs> arrows, you know? Yeah. But, um, I don't know the arrows that shot the best for me were the super drive 23s that you gave me. Mm-hmm. And then those got kind of dethroned by the gold tip nine threes that Darren gave me. Mm-hmm. And then, so, in you know an effort to try and make a 27 i didn't want to mess up my super drive 27s because those shoot suit so good already um i built some triple x's just like the gold tip nine threes like they're all same veins they got the very simple similar point weight same length same knock you know and they they're pretty they're pretty damn close to right on yeah with the, with the I mean, when you think about like how the arrow is constructed, like the super drives are not made. The super drives aren't AccuCarbon, so they're uh-huh. they're actually built just like a gold tip. Uh huh. Yeah, they are very similar. Yeah, like they're not they're not they're not AccuCarbon, so they're not they're not built the same way. So, right. So yeah, I don't you know, probably I, get I, the same result. I got uh, yeah. Well, it's definitely something similar. Uh. The gold tip triple X is just a little bit heavier and it's a little stiffer than the super drive. I don't know what that means. I mean, neither of those things should be a benefit for me because of my short draw length. But, um, I pretty much ruled out that it matters for indoor at this point. I try telling people, I try telling people that spine is not important for indoor, you know? And I actually got a message from a dude that listens to my show and he was like, uh, I don't think that's true. I think spine does matter. And I had to tell him, like, if you find that it does matter, then it matters. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if it works for you. Well, I think I think it if matters, I think right? it matters if your shot's not perfect. That's what he said. Or if he it's not. Like, well, what if your your form is is funky? You know, maybe that that spine can accommodate. But I don't think there's enough time for that arrow to you know wiggle and flex inside of 20 yards i think that's why every pro we see shoots an overly stiff arrow yeah i think i think uh i think either either you play the spine game or you go as stiff as you possibly can yeah like i i and and i think the way that most of these compound bows are sending the arrow down range um you know it doesn't matter and i think that's also why like I'm starting to kind of think that the hamski, or I'm not just going to say hamski. I'm going to say any limb-driven rest. When 
is I think it's probably going to be more ideal for shooting a stiff arrow mm-hmm. because you know the arrows no the arrow when you make that shot the arrow just leaves the bow uh-huh. you know without any kind of the rest is supporting the arrow but it's I don't it's not supporting the arrow all the way through the entire flight uh-huh. of you know it's not it's not passing through a blade so you know you know it's it, it is what it is you know and a stiff arrow is just if it's like hitting a nail on the head it's just you hit it hit it straight if you if you have good linear you know if if you if you have good alignment in in your in your form and you work your release the right way and do it the same way every time it's going to hit the middle right yeah, that's what Rubio was telling me like it doesn't matter. He was like the arrow yeah. doesn't matter. He's like if you just make good shots, they'll go in the middle. But what's interesting is like um, Alan switched to the Hamski, and then mm-hmm. he went and shot through paper, and he he went from having um his arrow like a paper tear, or he he went from like he had to move the rest, or uh-huh. like where his center shot that? was just to. Was oh, that right? Yeah. I was, I was asking, was it knocked high at first? Because I've I've had it where the hamskia will kick it out knock high at first. I I think uh, I th- I think his his issue at first was right and left, but but he also set up the center shot the same as it was on the blade. So I think the blade will steer the arrow a certain way. A certain way. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And then and then it, and then uh, when we, we were tweaking with his bow in the shop, he. You know, because he hadn't, re- he didn't, he didn't really have any experience with with a drop boy because he's always ran, um, yeah, always mostly the, the the blade rest, right? Yeah. So, so like I was explaining that if you run the cable all the way to the axle, then then the rest stays up longer, mm-hmm. you know, and then and then the timing of the rest can also be adjusted by how much tension you put on that cord, and then the closer you move that cord to like the the like the apex or the highest curved part of the limb, mm-hmm. you know, then, then the faster it drops. And so I think in his mind, he was thinking, yeah, you need to go all the way to the axle. And like, he was getting a bad result and his arrows were going like all over the place mm-hmm. and all over the place for Alan's like shooting a 298. So like, you know, it was like, it was, yeah. you know, and then, and then when we moved his cable back to like the limb, like just, you know, closer to where, you know, that, the, you know, the, the peak of that curve in the limb is like his group, like just shrunk right up. Right. You know, right. cause even Alan shooting longer draw length, he's still shooting in, in, you know, stiff arrow. Yeah. Shooting in 27. Uh, it's funny. I had the exact same thing. I have to run it off the middle of the limb. Yeah. I almost feel like you need to have very little interference from the rest in order to send a stiff arrow down range. Like uh-huh. that's like the only way it's going to work out. Maybe. Maybe you tell me there's no one shooting a blade with stiff with a stiff setup. I'm not saying that no one's doing that because there's a ton of people doing that, but I'm saying I'm thinking like oh. it's going to have less of an effect. But then again, yeah. though, look at who's been winning Vegas for the last few years and look at how they've been running their setup. Yes, yeah, they've been shooting with limb driven. It's been blades. it's been a super stiff carbon arrow or yeah. or aluminum arrow with a drop away rest because you know prior to Kyle Douglas it was. Um, um, the uh, Sergei Pagne won it two years in a row, and he's got his own like drop away rest that he designed. Yeah, you know, 
and yeah, he would and, and he was uh, shooting a super drive and then right, he was shooting carbon arrows he was shooting super yeah carbon. he was shooting a super drive and then i think the year before that i think he was shooting the full bores interesting yeah so like i don't know so like maybe that's our homework you know because like i'm lazy so i'm gonna encourage the listeners to like go do some research and then email or message us on on uh on social media like what arrow setup has every winner of vegas for like the last five years been shooting in the arrow rest configuration yeah do you know who might know uh mueller um, Alex Mueller probably knows it. I might, I, I might just email nuts and bolts and ask him. <laughs> don't, don't, don't email nuts and bolts. Oh, <laughs> <damn> it. <laughs> I'll, I'll create a, I'll create a thread on that. I feel bad for nuts and bolts. Why? Just because I'm so mean. Yeah. You know what's funny? Uh, a shooter today. You actually have a. You've actually had a. You're not just like picking on some guy that you don't know well, dude, on today, the internet, uh, which you have a habit of doing. You, I will say that there's a few people out there that you kind of like go have gone after that like don't even know who you are and have never done anything personally to you. <laughs> and you know, and I'm talking, and they're famous people in, in archery. Yeah. The the only defense I'm gonna say is that nuts and bolts at least has talked some mad shit to you. So yeah. there's a, there's like a, it, it wasn't like you just, it wasn't like you were being an asshole and you just like, like, hmm, you didn't, you just didn't have like a little wheel with people's names on it and be like, who am I going to fuck with today? It was like, oh, dude. okay, well, you know, I don't you, you I actually, you got, you guys anymore. actually had some banter back in the day. You know, I, I guess I just get triggered really easy internet it's from living in the Bay area too, too long, you know? Yeah, I mean, you that's what happens when you vote for Bernie Sanders. <laughs> you get, I, you get I triggered by dumb shit. I didn't do that. But anyway, you want to hear a funny story? Is um, that kid that shot with us today, Caden Jones? Yeah, he's a uh, he's like a young uh, Joe Ed shooter, um, like a USAT mm-hmm. Joe Ed shooter. He was like, "Hey, he's like Wendell, did I shoot good enough today to get on your podcast?" And I was like, "Absolutely not." <laughs> 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 Dude, he's a oh, young. That, he, goes, he goes. That's mean. He's like, I'm just gonna start my own podcast and there you get go. all the people that you've been mean to on that show. And I was like, you're gonna have guests for a lifetime, dude. Yeah, you'll it'll be pretty successful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start my own podcast with Blackjack. Like, Blackjack and hookers. <laughs> <laughs> a little Futurama there for all you uh, cartoon nerds. Oh um, man, that's not us. We're not. That's not. Us. Okay, so I'll say something to the young man, Caden uh, Jones. Like, and look, he he's a young kid, and and I like him, and he's a good dude. Oh, yeah, but you got to understand, like, when when someone's that young, dude, like they 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 idolize or they look up to to people like like you, man. He doesn't idolize me. But they look up to guys like you. No, he doesn't. Sure they do. Why would he want to be on your podcast if, if, uh, if like, I don't know. I thought maybe so he could throw some shade and try to like get inside my head for the next shoot. No, I mean like he obviously. Dude, you never know with kids these days, man. They're always three steps ahead of you. I don't know. All I, I all I was gonna say was I think that like if like uh, there there's uh, everything in today's society is about 
like glitz and glamour and glory, right? Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, it's a TikTok generation. Honestly, like it doesn't matter. Like if you've been interviewed by us, like you're. I mean, means, yeah. we've had some pretty special people on both of our shows, but like at the end of the day, like we're nothing special. So well, I I everyone that I interview is someone that. I admire, I fan over, I fanboy over that person. Right. For some, for some reason. But so all I was getting at is someone that young doesn't get, doesn't get the, doesn't get the, like what we're trying to do. They only think like, oh, maybe I've made it if I, if I've been on the podcast, you know? Oh yeah. Like it's just bragging. My show, my show's not going to net you any sponsors. Yeah. It's not going to, yeah. You get, if, if anything, if you end up on, on Wendell's podcast, Either you're, you're probably well, you know, you, drop you. the FBI might, you might be on the FBI's <laughs> radar, immigration, and you know, pretty much every like federal agency might be under, you might be on the radar. <laughs> but anyway, I know Kate shot great, he did good, yeah, yeah, so he should be proud of himself, yeah. yeah I think, and I think, that. I mean, honestly, to like all the young guys out there, it's not about. Facebook. It's not about Instagram. It's about if you're doing this sport, it's got to mm-hmm. be all about you. I know. The second you think it's about Facebook or Instagram, you're out. You're yeah. Done. It's yeah. safe to say that today, like every bad shot I had today was all on me and not about me thinking about where I was and how I was going to win, if I was going to win or anything, <laughs> which actually yeah. feels really good when you can shoot that way. Yeah, when you does. when you're not thinking about what people are gonna think of you, because at the end of yeah. you know, social media, people are because at the end of like I mean I've been I've been doing this for a long time, mm-hmm. not that long, but I mean I've been doing it long enough, yeah, and people are fickle, you know, people yeah. people change loyalties and affiliations real quick, and so if you're doing if you're doing stuff just to have a following then you know it's the wrong reason right but if you do want a following i can tell you how and it's just like you remember you said um a young gentleman came in and asked how he can get on uh the west coast team right uh, which one i mean i i've gotten like i've received <laughs> Over the from Pacifica days to the West Coast days, I I get tons of people asking about about it sponsorship or. I remember we were saying you you just gotta tell them they gotta kill me if they. Oh yeah 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 oh yeah that's the new thing. Then you know everything he's soaking up from the shop is free free game. Oh yeah so yeah that was that was the thing uh, like Wendell and I were talking about on about about sponsorship so like i'm gonna i'm gonna have one space available for for a person if you want to get sponsored without like being friends with us and really understanding the culture of what it means to actually be on a shop team if you can knock wendell off his throne i might i'll put you on probation for like 90 days you mean you have, they have to kill me though right it's not archery related no they have to knock you off your throne like they need to like they need to like beat have, you. I don't have a throne. Well, or or more like you know the the less of a throne, but maybe like an IKEA stool that 
you got in Emeryville <laughs> for the last couple of indoor shoots. So if they can knock okay. you off of that, you know, in, well, so, in competition. Okay. This kind of goes to like the, like, um, you know, the thing that Caden was saying, right? He's like, well, am I good enough to be on your show? And it's like, dude, you're good enough. You're definitely good enough. But the people I interview are people I admire for some reason or another. It's people that have been shooting a shit ton. They've shot tons of events, you know? Or people that have they're, done something incredible or done something good. They're grizzled war veterans. I shouldn't say war veterans. Archery war veterans. But you remember what George told me when I asked George, hey, George, how can I get on Hoyt's pro staff? He said, it's easy. Just win a national tournament in the pro class. Boom, you're on. <laughs> so There's other like, ways too, but... You could, you could, yeah, oh yeah. I mean, he was saying if you're not going to work in the shops, if you're not going to sell boats, then you better sell them one way or another. You know? At the end of the day, the way you get sponsored is you need to either be winning national tournaments or you need to be like the any with any sponsor like to get a real sponsorship, not like you know I'm on the twenty percent discount staff. Like you need uh-huh. you, the company. The company needs to see a return on investment on what you do. Right. You know, the, is what you do in your social media. In your yes. professional life and on the it range, has to equate to dollars coming, coming does in. does it benefit? Not just dollars, but is it is are you are you are you improving? Are you making archery better by what you do? Do you do you make archery better? And and not and and winning local tournaments and local events doesn't make archery better. Yeah, unfortunately. You know, unless you're doing something to help people, are you running? Are you inspiring other people? Like what? What is it that you're doing? Right. You know. So, I think actually, um, what's his? I think it's Darren Christianberry wrote an article once mm-hmm. on like you know elite. You know every webs every manufacturer every website uh-huh. has like a blog an internal blog. Yeah. Like Darren Christianberry wrote a really good article about it once about like five years ago. Uh huh. I'll, I'll have to see if I can dig it up and post it on there on the webpage. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be yeah. cool. But anyways, moving. I want to move away from the sponsorship thing because we. I feel like we always end up talking about it, like on yeah, every we podcast. We're kind of like bitter old men. But go on. <laughs> All right. So we were getting. So we got. We got the uh, indoor, and then after that, we got Fresno, and then wilderness. Mm-hmm. So what are, what are you gonna do differently? Are you gonna are you gonna are you gonna build another set of arrows any differently with your with your new gold tips? I might try out some different fletchings, but probably not. It's probably gonna be the same. Which the fletchings arrow, are you gonna try? Uh, SK three hundreds. SK three hundreds. Yeah, I saw Chris Schaff and his, and I mean I'm no Chris Schaff, but he is one of the dudes I fan fanboy over. What about the four inch AAE veins? Don't like them. Have you tried the four inch AAE veins? I did years ago. I did years ago. Uh, they look good. They look legit. I, I, not, I'm going to say, like, better. there's a point where you need to do, like, full circle on stuff. Because, like, yeah, sometimes, like, check. what didn't work back then might have been something that. Well, okay. So I'll tell you, Rudy, one of the things I'm factoring in is weight on the rear end of the arrow, mm-hmm. right? And. The AAE veins are lighter than the Q2I veins. So 
they are a candidate for a good, you know, in my mind, for a good vein. Yeah, because the, the heavier you make the back end of the arrow, the stiffer you're making the system too. Oh, really? Yeah, because you, you add more weight to the back of the arrow, that, that stiffens, that gives you a stiffer reaction. Okay. Um, the the veins that I used today were tack veins, 375 tack veins, because those are lighter than a four-inch flex fletch vein. Mm-hmm. And the flex fletch, flex fletch vein is lighter than the the um, AAE vein. Why not just put spin wings on your arrow then? I don't even know what those are. What the what the hell's a spin wing? <laughs> it's those like stupid little veins that the recurve shooters put on their. Oh arrows. my god, <laughs> dude, you should. Not be funny. No, no, thank you. Nope. <laughs> um, I thought about shooting feathers, so I fleshed up some arrows with feathers, but they just did not fly good. I don't know if that was too much drag or what. I think I think that the like some of the newer bows that we're shooting now are are shooting out that arrow so fast that like I don't think the feathers have can, can create enough drag to steer that arrow. Mm-hmm. And so what it ends up doing is it ends up like you know, the feathers just end up kind of like folding over, flattening out yes. to where they're not they're not they're not really doing anything. Yeah, they lay down cuz the the initial like launch of the arrow so fast. Yeah. Well, I want to try the SK three hundreds, um, but I'm guessing if those don't like completely wow my pants off, I'm just gonna stick to the tack veins and just try to practice. So the tack veins are lighter then. Yeah, like not a whole lot, like maybe one grain, but it's already on a light. That's already on like the light light vein scale you know are you four fletching those or are you three fletch, you you fletch them the attack veins i use are three fletch mm-hmm. this is the other thing i'm going against i was selling the four fletch thing on my podcast because i thought they were the shit you know um i think it just goes they, to show I mean, you they are. i think it just goes to show you that it really doesn't i don't think it really matters that much i think it's, I think it's style dependent i think it's how you break shots that depends on what works you know, because mm-hmm. Rubio today was shooting the 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 arrows that he built after shooting my super drives. He built these like four flesh FFPs mm-hmm. uh, or uh, four inch FFP, uh, you know, cut to the blade, um, you know, lighter point arrows. And they were not like he was telling me today. He's like, I'm going back to the long and heavy arrows tomorrow, you know. And it's like whatever your what you know, arrow is he going back to? His long and heavies. What's his long and heavy? It's a triple X with a three hundred grain point and a three fletch uh, FFP in the wrong direction. An FFP in the wrong direction. Yeah, the flex fletch four inch going right helical when he has left twist strings. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, what? that's the one that he. He's told me, though, that the other one, you know, he's like, depending on the night, you know, one while I do the other. And it seems like it's style dependent. You know what Mark should do? He should split the difference on both of those. 250 grain point on a 28-inch arrow with three and a half veins. Hmm. <laughs> three and a half. <laughs> Something like that. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know. I, I, I'm at the point where I'm just fiddling with veins now. Otherwise, it's, you know, practice. 
Yeah. So one thing, one thing uh, you've been doing that I've been kind of liking is you've been trying to spit out a podcast like once a week. Yeah, buddy. There's a downside to that, though. What's that? Some of my podcasts are just dog. They're just dog shit. They're just me talking about garbage. I think they've been pretty good. I mean, sometimes you say stuff where I'm just like, God, I got filler. They literally have episodes called filler episodes because I don't have anything to talk about. I think I you've done good. a pretty good job with it. No, I try. I like to talk. Well, you've yeah, you've like I, I think like... I think you've like I think like you've created like a like a podcast version of a blog. Yeah. I think it's called a plog. <laughs> a plog. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I do. That. I like to talk because because you and I don't have the looks and physique to do a vlog. Yeah, a vlog, and we got a face for radio. And if we did, like, I'd have to like take the camera and only do headshots. Yeah, or just point the camera just to hide it. my gut. Yeah, um, yeah, dude, I I like talking to a captive, like an audience that can't go anywhere. So I kind of feel like when I'm talking to the mic, I feel like I'm talking to a bunch of people that are tied to their chairs, and they're really? just forced to listen. Yeah, they just forced to listen to me talk. So I just say, say whatever I want. <laughs> So, so in a way, you're you're like you're what you're doing is you're trying to torture people, yeah, exactly. in a weird in a weird way. Yeah, I know my show tortures some people, dude. And you know how I know is I uh, listen to my buddy's show. Like uh-huh. My buddy started an archery podcast, and I listened to it. And I was like, oh, this is so much better than mine. I would much rather listen to this. <laughs> well, the thing the thing is is that like I think we always look to other. At least what I do is like I notice like other things that other people are doing or I get oh, enjoyment out of other things and I go, Man, I wish like my my you know, my process or, or whatever my my whatever I'm doing was as good as theirs. But then what I liked was it wasn't me. <laughs> the well, dude is but that's the, just it though. Like it's the same thing with your show, Rudy. It's like you're so less off putting than I am. Yeah, but the thing is is that like I go, I do the same thing too. Like I go, man, like this, this show is so way better than mine. And it's like, I think it's because it's like, I hate the sound of my own voice when I go back and like do some editing or listening to the podcast. I'm just like, I sound like, I know. So I had to just like, I'm sorry. It wouldn't take a lot for me to not curse or for me to not like talk. I don't think cursing is the problem. Like it, well, it could be how I get all wrapped up in making fun of someone or, uh, you know, bashing on someone. Eh, you're growing. I could do without that. Or, the, you know, my bullshit product of the week, you know? I could do without that segment. Maybe. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But but yeah. I'm going to yeah. say or that. I could do without the nose button, too. So, so if we're going to, if I wanted to compare this to, like, you know, a balance sheet in finance, you have a net. Oh my. God. Your you have your show has a net positive. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so so if you take all of the positive and then subtract the negative things, like you're at a net positive. So is this a Warren Buffett thing? No, this is this is like a this is a uh this is me like before I without before when I got home I was, you know, doing spreadsheets and reading financial blogs. Well, I got a quote for you, Rudy, that I actually looked up earlier today, and I've been waiting to tell you. 
it was uh, people who think too much before they act don't act too much. You know who said that? Who's that? Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> <laughs> he also he also has written like twenty five songs about margaritas. <laughs> yeah. And hey, I'm man, like, life. I didn't know that you could sing about a margarita like twenty five <laughs> different ways and still use the same <laughs> music and it still sound a little different. Did Buffett do Margaritaville? Yeah, I think well he yeah, he did, right? I don't know. Yeah, I, I bet you that the you know, Doug Rosen's listening to this and he's like, Of course he fucking did. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I imagine like every cop, bar, like like for every cop bar, like that's like probably required like listening. Yeah, he did. He did. That was Buffett. Yeah. But anyway, getting way off topic here. No, but I'm gonna no. say I'm gonna say like yeah, you could probably do without slamming. I think I think slamming people, but I think like even like when you and I were podcasting more regularly regularly together, uh-huh. like you know, when we would have discussions off the mic and I was always like, when we're creating content, like at the end of the day, we need to think about like, what is it that we're trying to accomplish? Right. What's like, what's your goal? And, and right. what, what, what are you trying to say? And what are you trying to do? Like, does, does, um, does picking on, you know, the influencer who wants to, gonna he's gonna charge you extra money for because it's green mm-hmm. you know oh yeah is is yeah, what is what that person doing affecting what you're doing and is what that person doing really hurting anybody and at the end of the day if you're mm-hmm. attacking somebody else like you gotta understand like most people probably listen to all of it right and right. so and you know what i even say on my show dude like hey i listened to this thing it was on this goddamn knock-on podcast you guys should check out this episode because he says this thing you know yeah so i i've i've quoted deadly's show a couple times i'm not and i'm trying not to rail against him too hard well here's here's what here's only the only one criticism i had for you Mm -hmm. i don't know if i I think i told you this already but like like when you were kind of like going off on the industry a little bit i was Uh like really you weren't like mad at the industry you just didn't like the way one person was was saying yeah, it. Was talking about it. Yeah, it's kind of like Pearl Jam. Like I hated Pearl Jam in high school, and it wasn't really that I hated Pearl Jam. It was just uh-huh. all the people who liked Pearl Jam. I hated. And it made you hate it. It made me hate it because I'm like, yeah, that's who listens to Pearl Jam, and it's like that really wasn't fair. Right, right. That's true. That was true. I did come down hard on the industry when really I meant to just come down hard on one guy. On one guy's uh, opinion of what he is forcing, what he thinks everyone else should think of it. He's a quidgy bow. Yeah. By definition, you know? So what do you, what do you think about uh, some of the new bows, man? Like uh, Matthews and Hoyt? I definitely, I was going to do that on my last podcast, but I forgot. Yeah. The new, (laughs) definitely eat my words. The last set of like the new Matthews hunting bow. Has a couple extra bells and whistles that they've innovated, and the new Hoyt hunting bow is pretty fine. So I'll talk about the Matthews bow real quick for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, even though even though the bows have had like an evolutionary, like or just a like minor progression from year to year, I will say that just the minor tweaks that they did to the draw four cycle curve on that cam, like. And just the minor changes in the riser, 
Like the bow shoots so much quieter and smoother. I believe it. And it's just like, I it's just a it. tiny little amount. And it's maybe because most people I think wouldn't tell the difference, but I think guys who are really into the sport and like to buy new bows every year would notice the difference. Yeah. I think and I think that, it's pretty sweet. And and then with Hoyt, like, Hoyt, they also do the cam knobs where you can hook hook your string over it in field the in in field system. I think, yeah, I think that's what's called. See, I'm a bad salesman. I already know, I don't even know what it's called. But you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and I think that's another good thing that they implemented. It's like they're thinking yeah. of the user. If I want to, if I want to take the Wendell Souza approach and like you know go with the whole like bullshit product of the week, I would say people have been doing that already. People have been like drawing the bow partially and sticking a, a screwdriver in the cam to do in yes. system. Yes, Kevin Wolfie stuck a stick in his cam. Yes, but I'm yeah, not going to do it. that. Not on this show. No, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do it because the Matthews cam is really thin. <laughs> no, I mean, no, it's 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 cool because I think, like, one thing, so there was an influencer one time on YouTube, and I hate calling them influencers because, like, but, you know, that's what they are, I guess. There, uh-huh. There's some guy on YouTube who, like, made a video one time where he was, like, he made, like, this little, like, rant uh-huh. on, like, he goes, what really grinds my, he's, like, I haven't, he's, all, I have something that's been, like, really like I forgot, he, the way he said it was something about either he had an axe to grind or like just something that really was was bothering him about the industry and he goes is that like all of these companies have are you know are saying that they've reached the threshold on what they can really achieve with speed and he's like you know i think engineers could be smarter than that and like he goes which means from year to year he's like the boat going forward bows are just going to be they're just going to be making minor changes to the bows to make them more comfortable and easier to shoot when really like that's not being that innovative and it really bothers me that they're not going to try to push the threshold on speed or getting the bows faster and he's like talking about how like that's like a negative thing and i was like no that's actually a good thing like thank fucking yeah, god I would agree. a more shootable bow is more important than fucking ultra fast bow yeah and and the thing is is like for like there was a period in time like with hunting bows where it's like every year it was like every company was trying to outdo each other with like making this bow faster like this year the xyz bow is three feet per second faster than last year and it's like and and the only way to do that was to like make the brace height an inch shorter and you know and and make a very unforgiving super torquey bow that wasn't, yeah, that wasn't like very fun or pleasant to shoot. Like, in fact, you know, it comes with like a 50% off shoulder procedure at your local, like, (laughs) you you know, kind of bow to shoot, you know, it's like, like just, you know, I got the V3 and that thing is a treat to shoot. Yeah. And so like, if anything, like I'm actually excited that we've kind of reached that point where like speed is not performance is not an issue now like everyone can create a, a bow that shoots really well has plenty of speed ergonomics and tuning exactly you know people can now start to you know shoot bows that are more comfortable yeah and i think that's like a good thing because then yeah for sure i i like the things that 
I mean, we can't also we we also can't change physics either. Like no matter how smart you are, because like right. where we're at right now, like I think the average compound bow is about eighty seven percent. It has like an eighty seven percent efficiency rating. Uh-huh. So if you were to take like the energy in versus energy out, okay, uh-huh. the only thing more efficient than a compound bow, as far as like the amount of energy that you put something and what you get from the output of of whatever the device is, is like an electric motor. Oh, it's like ninety percent. Some some are higher than ninety percent, and most of your energy losses and friction from the bearings. Oh, okay. So like. Unless they can come up with like an electromagnetic bearing for a for right like a compound a bow a frictionless bearing yeah or they come up with like some kind of pulley system that where when you're pulling twenty pounds of energy creates a hundred pounds of energy like I don't I don't really <laughs> see like such stoners right now well I don't I don't see like how they're gonna make a bow any faster no and who gives a shit dude that that dude is dumb. He's dumb, dumb. Yeah. Right. And on my next podcast, I'll dedicate thirty minutes to talking shit about him. Well, I'll, I'll, the only reason I was I was like bringing that up is because I wanted to preface like how, like the bows the bows have that we're seeing, even though cosmetically may look very similar mm-hmm. to a bow in the past. I think they're they're tweaking the systems to have like the most ultimate. Yeah, as they're dumb, trying to tweak the system to make it really comfortable and really like, forgiving. As dumb as I am, I think what most people want is a bow that looks different. I think a, a bow that looks different sells more than a, a bow that looks the same with minor features. Well, yeah, I mean, I want I want a bow that looks cool. You know, like when yeah. I saw, dude, it doesn't even have to look cool. It just has to look different. Because let's be honest, the Prevail looked ugly compared to the podium hmm? i don't know they kind of look pretty similar to me no, it was ugly and i got one because i thought it was the coolest shit ever i i don't know why because it was an ugly bow i think the podium was probably one of the best looking hoists ever really and, oh yeah dude i miss my podium i, I still try to buy them from time i actually thought the hyper edge was a cool looking bow it was very cool. So Jim had one. Jim had one in like uh-huh. this red lightning color. A hyper edge? He had a hyper edge? Not a hyper edge. Uh, was it a pro edge? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And he had it with like that red lightning. The, the bow was red and then it had like this like kind of like white lightning kind of pattern yeah. into it. Like it was like one of the coolest looking bows. Yeah. Not, and, and man, I, used to, I remember thinking that was a good looking bow. But yeah, I think yeah. if the companies change the design enough to where they can differentiate it or it can look different enough from the previous year, then people are going to buy it. I think though that with or or you put enough features into the bow, like yeah, like Everybody I think like I think Picatinny mounting system in the front of the Hoyts is pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty that cool. dovetail mounting system in the Matthews is pretty cool. I like it. Um, you know when, you know, I, I want to say that PSC. Matthews and Hoyt are all doing integrated rest systems on their Ooh. bows now. You know, they all use the integrate rest, except for like the knock-on bows. Those don't have any integrate mounting points on them. Yeah, he's waiting so he can 
fucking anodize an Aerorest green and be like, this is the one you need. Well, he they're forcing you into buying the Elevate Rest, the his rest. So, <laughs> but but Can you, you get know, a rest with John Dudley's face on it. <laughs> I would buy one. <laughs> oh man, uh, dude! So what I like the PSE does is that PSE does all different types of limb and riser geometry. Yeah. And I think that's really cool because I think a lot goes into the bow feel, like the way the bow feels and reacts. Yeah. They have like three different target bows, you know, every year that like you can kind of find the one that you like. Although, although I will say though, like the one thing that's kind of tough is like, it's, it's gotta be expensive to do that. You know what I mean? And it's like, Mm -hmm to to try to develop that many bows and then unless they're using a lot of the same limbs and cams they're pro they are that is one thing i think they're using the same axles like uh which is kind of i kind of like how the the pscs the pscs uh the the axles the they went to a thicker axle on, on a lot of their hunting bows mm-hmm. but um the only downside to a big axle is when, when, uh, and not that like, it's not something that most people should be doing anyways, but like it does happen, especially like when you're dealing with like consumers, mm-hmm. like your non target shooter, people do dry fire their bows. It does happen from oh, time yeah. to time. So like I, if you have like a really big axle, like the cams t- tend to like take more and tend more to use, take more, more damage, damage versus like, if you have like a smaller axle, like, like on the Hoyts, if you drive higher that bow, that axle bends and you can pretty much, you pretty much have to replace the bearings too. So like, you know, when someone brings in a Hoyt that's been dry fired, like 99.9% Wait. of the time I'm changing those axles and changing those bearings. Don't Hoyts get dry fired like a thousand times though? The those tests the the dry fire test is to is um for fifteen hundred dry fires is to uh test for catastrophic failure of the riser. And uh-huh. then a thousand dry fires on the like limbs. A machine, they literally have a video where a machine's just going like whack, whack, yeah. whack. And, and what they're testing what's happening, to the, what's happening to the axles and shit. Oh they're bending. Know? They're bending and they're causing major damage to the bearings and, and the cams oh, and all that stuff. I see. What the test is is really to make sure that if it goes through a dry fire, like how many can it withstand before the riser, which is your main structure, yeah. has catastrophic failure. And then on the limbs they do a thousand in that test. Wow. So, so in a way it's like, you want your axles to bend. You want yes. your bearings to bend if it happens. Cause those are, those are super, those are easy parts. Like, like we stock those in the shop. So like if someone dry fires yes. their bow and you know, all you gotta do is put a new string on there, change your axles and your bearings and we're done. Cam is yeah. cam survived. You right. know, on, on other, on other bows, on other companies bows, a lot of times I end up having to change the whole cam. Right. You know, I guess it's all better than all on a bow tech. That's going to be on a bow tech. That's going to cost you half the price of the bow. Like their right. cams are expensive. Like if you, if you dry fire a bow tech cam, cause they, the whole cam and axle and like that little, it has like this bolt on system that goes like right onto the limb. Is that the worm screw thing? Yeah. For that, the, the, um, the, uh, the, I forgot what it's called already, but anyways, Yeah. 
that whole system comes as one whole unit from the factory, you can't disassemble that. So it's expensive. Like, so if you drive five and you have to replace both cams, you're already like at 500 bucks. Yikes. You know, and, and yes, I know people probably shouldn't do it, but it happens, you know, so. Right. But right. that makes sense. Yep. But anyways, it's interesting though. I I, I kind of like how different companies do different things and like, like different companies have different strengths and, you know, different companies have different weaknesses, but like, yeah, yeah. as a whole, like everyone's just, it's, I can't say that anyone's really making a bad bow right now. I agree. I would agree with you hundred percent. Every bow that I own is a bow my dreams. <laughs> Every Matthews you own is a great bow. <laughs> Dude, I never thought I would be a one brand guy. Um, I've always been such a bow whore. Yeah, but and like a hundred, being hundred percent honest, like I've seen your scores for a long time, and there's only been about two bows that you really shot lights out and it's been the 38 and the podium. Yeah. Podium was a good bow. You know? And so it's like, I mean, I thought you shot the PSC well. I didn't. I got a 300 in competition, but, uh, that bow wigged me out. Yeah. I mean, every, everyone's got to find every, everyone makes like cool bows. So, most bows. I mean, there's some companies out there that are just like, really? Like, come on, people. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe next I'll give a Martin a try. Darton is pretty cool. Have you no, seen not some? Darton. Not, not Darton. Martin. Martin? Yeah, whatever Bob Eiler's shooting, I think I might give a try next to. Yeah, aren't you trying to get him on your podcast? I am. And he said he would come on, but uh, I guess he would like, you know. Got high and didn't answer my last one. <laughs> didn't see my last one. <laughs> because he got stoned and deleted my. Uh, my you remember? Text. You remember that uh, that Rick and Morty where they're doing the dragon the dragon episode? Uh huh. And they're just like cruising through like they're like just like they're they're like flying through the air and they're just singing that Molly Perk song. Oh yeah. Like that's how I, that's how like that podcast should go. That that song should just be rolling in the background when you're interviewing them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I, man! If you if you want to see me fanboy out on someone, it's gonna be Bob Byler. That's that's hilarious. I'm gonna be like, so do you like sativa or indica? You know. <laughs> and the funny thing is, I think that that the whole like joint issue was probably like the least of the problem. I think it was whatever else he had in the system that created problems. Yeah, it was stuff that he didn't have TUEs for. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, um, not to get too far off topic, but uh, what do you think about, like, because no one really came out with any new target pose except for PSE. Um, Hoyt came out with, like, the Altus FX for, like, the short draw person. Uh-huh. That was a pretty cool looking bow. I like it. But um, I'm kind of excited for next year because they, you, you got to know that, like, Matthews and Hoyt have got, are, like, you know, I'm not a gambling man, but like it's a. I'm gonna say that there's a high, high chance or a high probability that there's we're gonna see some new target bows next year. Yes. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. Yeah, I can't, and I can't wait for that. Yeah, I'm I'm stoked. I think uh, I think all the target bows are gonna be sick, and I think I'm gonna be eating 
all the words that I had talked a bunch of crap about recently. Yeah. Yeah. You, you tend to do that. Like, it's funny you, you mentioned that. Cause like, I feel like we're all like really into the sport and part of that, part of being into something is like, like getting all the stuff that you're into. Like, yeah, no, I get it. But I'm also like a fan. I'm a fan of the sport and fans are some of the worst fucking people like Celtics fans, dude. <laughs> like they fucking love the Boston Celtics when they win one fucking game, but then they lose and they're like, boo, I mean, I think, I think like when you're into a sport, like we're into, like you basically, like if you're not getting, I think Jeff kind of scolded you and like kudos to Jeff. Yeah. No, he did. And he's right. We're, we're, we're into something like you're going to buy the stuff to do it. Like if you're into like drones and stuff like you're constantly buying new radio receivers yes. and little antennas and crazy but, shit all the time does it make yes. you better but no but people but enjoy yeah. tinkering with bow, it and playing with it the, you want to shoot the bow that the guy you like is shooting yeah i mean and it's fun to do that now yes, i agree if you think that it's going to make you better then no it's not you know right. but so there are some tools out there that help make things a little more efficient, but I agree. I think Jeff was right on. And, uh, yeah, I, I like Jeff, you know, I, I, I gotta say, I gotta say like, he, like when you talk about like people who do stuff in archery or like have like a good impact, like I'm gonna say Jeff's probably one of those people. Yeah. Like he's if he, if he's got a gas, support. if he's getting a sponsorship from gas and from like his local shop, it's well-earned. Yeah, I agree. He's a nice guy. He does he does a lot of good stuff in the community. He's advanced so. in the sport. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, you know what? Um, one of the things I welcome on my show is people correcting me. You know, and uh, I'll never correct you. I'm just gonna call you an idiot. You can, you can, but I'll come at you with everything I have. <laughs> I've seen you come after me with everything you have, <laughs> and, but, but and it, and it ends up with you having to replace your back bumper. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff corrected me and you know what it the end result was me saying yeah dude you know what you're right I was an asshole and I was wrong although I didn't say that on the on my Facebook post that's how I felt inside and so uh you know I I do make those corrections well right on man so so how about we kind of call it for the evening all right dude next weekend like next weekend I is a big weekend for me. It's turning forty, so that's Isn't also kind of yeah. Dude, you don't look a day over twenty-one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's funny because like you got like fifteen-year-olds are like the most honest people on the face of the planet, uh-huh. and so yeah, I'm gonna say that, that's did, not did, true. Uh, did Kid and Jones tell you what old as shit? No. Hey, Mister. Hey, you Mister. <laughs> No, I just had in the past, like when I was at Pacifica, I just had some a lot of really, really smart ass like kids in Joad that mm-hmm. knew exactly how to like. They knew exactly what they were saying. They're like, "Rudy, I thought you were 50. I'm like, "Thanks." Oh god, damn. <laughs> yeah, right. I definitely feel it. <laughs> yeah, so like it'll be cool. Like so, next weekend we'll do the birthday thing, and then hopefully we can do some shooting. Yeah, dude, get some practicing. Yeah. Um, well, cool, man. Uh, thanks for coming on and good shooting today. 
Thanks for having Congrats. me. Congrats. I appreciate it. Did you, I, I haven't listened to your recap, but did you like interview yourself again? Did you do that little yeah. thing? Huh? Yeah. Stop yeah, doing that. That's annoying. I interviewed the winner. And I also played my, my music when I went to. That's uh, good for you. Yeah. You know, when you lose a pound, sometimes you get to eat a cookie after. <laughs> okay. Jimmy Buff. Jimmy Buff said that. <laughs> yeah. All right, All right, man. I'll chat with you later, buddy. All right. Later, pal. Everybody. That will conclude this evening's entertainment.